Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rana Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Title of the show today. Let's get busy. It is our capitalism, not just COVID, is killing the world. Got to let you see a report that, uh, that, you know, that somebody wrote up on another report in Common Dreams. I read it and, I, and all I could say is, my God, my God, my God. We don't care. We don't care. So people die. We have to figure out first how to make a buck before we save a life. Again, we got to re- figure out how to make a buck before we save a life. But then again, we so much revere life. There's so much about us that just loves life. Anyhow, second topic, we have Mansion threatens AOC and progressives. And it kind of was in a subtle way. And I'm going to show you guys in a little bit the way that subtle little tick mess with me and you see what happens. And then, of course, we have Senator Susan Collins trying to redeem herself, maybe. Who knows? Trying to tell the truth for what maybe is coming to the future. Who knows? But she had a word for el, pres, el past presidente, el negativo 45, negative president 45. All right, folks, let's go ahead and get busy and start this thing up. Of course, Rudnan has his messages. Let's see what we got. First of all, welcome aboard Yvette Avery Herod, our union specialist, union expert, the activist that's protecting the workers of America. Of course, we've got AVQ, a.k.a. Michael Rodney, Nanette Bird-Smith. And we'll see more folks come into the room as the links show. we got Rose Williams. Hi, everyone, folks. Check out Rose's article at politics, or rather at EgbertoWillis.com. She just wrote a recent article on the environment. I think, uh, you know, like I said, the show belongs to you all, and I like the idea of making sure that if you have something you want to put out there, let's get it in your name out there to show that you're an activist doing what needs to be done. Here we go. Let me put it on the screen. Here is uh, Rose Williams' latest article titled, Truth Report for the Day. Truth Report for the Day. The harsh facts about climate change that we would prefer to ignore. Check it out. I'll put the link in the feed so that all of you guys can read one of our PDR Posse's article. Check it out, folks. Please check it out. And send, drop a couple of lines under her and tell her how much you love it, you agree with it, all that good stuff. Thank you, Rose, for that article. Uh, let's continue moving on con el show. Let's see. Let's keep on with the show. All right, let's go. Michael Rudnin says, Egberto, multiple posts all on single topic. The rent moratorium expiring. Can't let this go away after the usual two-week news cycle. We'll make sure at least one of my posts every day for the next two months is on the topic. If you would remember, Senor Rudnin and I, when I really gave it to the reporters in the, in the White House in the room, the one thing I said is, I am tired of the silly questions. I'm tired of these guys asking questions that don't help the average American citizen. And like so many have said, this rent crisis 
the mortgage crisis that is going to afflict 7 to 16 million people. It's been known for a while, and there were rarely any questions, if any, about that at these White House brief briefings. And I kept on bringing up their last questions. That, uh, do, do you think it was a mistake for you to say, uh, to take your mask off? Uh, what do you say? Do you think, I mean, silly, silly questions. In fact, I wrote another article about the reporters and their silly questions today again. So you, you may want to check that out. So I'm with you, my brother. All right. House fails to extend eviction moratorium ahead of six-week access uh, recess. The, uh, the measure was rejected by Republicans. The people will have to suffer for six weeks due to Democratic, Democrats' inability to predict this obvious outcome. Unless if they do something promptly upon their return, they're going to be blamed in 2022. Let's get it clear. That's not the issue, really. The issue is that they don't have the votes. Every Democrat isn't a Democrat isn't a Democrat that you may think. Every Democrat doesn't see things the way a passionate, humane, progressive will or does. We have to remember that. So uh, when we have Congresswoman Kerry Bush sleeping on the decks with Ilan Omar and, and uh, Ayanna Presley sleeping on the steps of the Capitol to make their point, we understand what it is like to be homeless. We understand what it is going to be like, the pressure that you feel not having a home. We understand it. Why not pass the laws to fix this? Well, there are some guys who don't like it. They figure, oh, the home, the, it's going to affect the person who owns the mortgage, right? But that's not the deal. That is not the reason, people. Because they, a lot of these states already have the money. They just need some rules that's going to force them to spend it so that they don't hold on to it to give it to their friends. $46 billion out there. $46 billion. Only $3 billion spent so far. You wonder why they're holding on to that money? Think about it. Think about it. All right, House fails to... I read that one. Down the drain, millions of face eviction after Biden lets protection expire. The federal eviction moratorium, uh, let's see, the federal uh, eviction moratorium, uh, I'm missing something here. The federal eviction moratorium in place since September is set to expire Saturday after the Biden administration refused to extend it and Democrats in Congress couldn't muster the votes. So you did get it. They couldn't muster the votes. And what... What Alexandria and all these people wanted to do is force the vote so that they could get the count and you can see who are the ones that are actually against doing what is right. What is right. All right, millions of million risk eviction moratorium. Did I read that one already? All right. With federal moratorium expiring, states and localities must step in. Whenever this problem goes to the states and cities with only a handful of exceptions, they invariably fail to protect the poor. And that is what I am saying. You're absolutely right. They get all this free cash. And then they think, oh, what can I do with this free cash? What am I able to do with this free cash? And that's how they see it, you know. They see it as free cash. Free, free cash. That's what it's all about. 
that's what it's all about. Okay, so let, let, let's see. Uh, other item, New York renters have one month respite after Biden and Congress failed to extend pandemic eviction ban. Uh, and then we have Congress approves $2.1 billion emergency funding bill for capital police eviction, homeless desperation, crime revolution. If we have another Great Depression, it won't end well. Congress sees what's coming and they're choosing. Congress Cory Bush sleeps outside the Capitol and protests end of eviction freeze. I know what it's like, she said. All right, before I continue with the comments, let me go ahead and give you our first video. I want you guys to see Joe, uh, to, to see uh, Joe Manchin, how he, ch no, i tell you what, let's do the one with, um, let, let's do the one with where, where Susan Collins throw the president under the bus. Let's check this out. Eric says, the questions are silly to you. Why? Okay, I'm going to play the press, uh, press, uh, the, the press briefing today. I want you to listen to it, then I'm going to interpret some stuff in there for it. Check this out. Green, uh, the, the president said for the early months of this administration that those who were vaccinated and wearing masks and doing all those steps could look toward the 4th of July as that independence opportunity. We now know the CDC is basing some of this new science on a 4th of July party that happened in Massachusetts where the Delta variant uh, was predominant. We saw that vaccinated people were passing it and so forth. Does this give the president pause about making recommendations about what the public can do? Because he encouraged people who were vaccinated to gather on the 4th of July. A group that did so is now sort of a poster example for the CDC of what can happen with this variant. I mean, you know, Kelly, his, the president has always said he's going to follow the science and he's going to listen to public health experts. That's what we do, right? That's why we're, we, we are all following the CDC guidance on masking. And so that's that's our North Star, as we as Jen has said uh, earlier this week. Look, the job of all of us in this room is to communicate the truth about where we are in the pandemic. And this is the, something the president has said from the, from day one and also highlight how we can get out of this pandemic. So the vaccines work. That's the truth. We know masks work. That's the truth. They save lives and prevent spread of this dangerous Delta variant. So we need to help in communicating the actions we are telling the American people to take and getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. If you're in an area where there's lots of uh, virus circulating, it's more contagious, you have to wear a mask. Part of this is also in terms of getting information out. Like, Why are the doctors not here in the briefing room to take our questions? Why have we not had a COVID briefing? When we got some update from Dr. Walensky, that was a phone briefing, provides information, but the public is eager to know more about what the Delta variant can do. You know what, Kelly, I would, I would um, argue that we had the President of the United States speak to this yesterday. He gave a more than 30-minute speech about where we are as a country. I mean, he is a trusted voice. He's the leader of but our country. No, but we heard from him, right? We heard from the president yesterday. We heard from the president about the Delta variant and vaccinations in general uh, the day before yesterday when he was in Pennsylvania, when he was supposed to talk about Buy American, which he did, but he led off talking about the vaccinations. We have had our doctors on your networks, on many of the networks that are here, uh, talking, probably all of them, uh, talking about the Delta variant all throughout these last couple of days. So they have been out there. 
they had been talking about it. And yeah, we heard from directly from Dr. Lewinsky herself. You know, so this is something that we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to make sure that we communicate directly with the American people and also hand work hand in hand with local governments and state governments as well. I mean, that's what they are telling us. I laid out why I, did, I laid out how contagious it was, and I laid out why uh, why we needed to act on the Delta variant. I, I laid that, out but a lot of why the answers we get is because they say so without a lot of. Well, they're the experts. It's not it's not just day. These are scientists. These are experts. I just said that. Hold on one second. I hold on one second. I just said that Dr. Lewinsky said just recently in her 20 year uh, career she had never seen a a variant that was so contagious. So this is 20 years of her career. So this is absolutely, absolutely a, a major, major problem that we are trying to deal with. That's why we heard from the president yesterday. That's why we keep talking about people need to get vaccinated. So that is, that is, the, that is the way that we're trying to move in this administration, making sure that we are protecting uh, people here, making sure that we're dealing with this pandemic in a way that is effective. And that's how we're going to move forward. All right. Let me let me qualify a few things earlier on this same batch of reporters were saying, why get a vaccine? Why why aren't you telling people after they get a vaccine, you can go out there and mingle without a mask on? Aren't you discouraging them by saying if you have a vaccine, you need to wear a mask? That is what these reporters were saying. Now, these reporters are saying, "Uh, wait a minute. Do you regret telling us to go out there? And without a mask on after uh, and, and creating the possibility of spread, do you regret that? And it's like, no, we've been just telling you about the science. And that's what and that's what Corrine kept saying. We've been telling you about the science uh, for for a long time now. Then the reporter comes and she says, um, and, uh, and 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 by the way, uh, do you think we should have more doctors here at the podium? Well, our doctors were on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC all over taking questions from your reporters, answering them. Um, so we know we've been out there and the president spent 30 minutes yesterday and a, a few more other times. But most importantly, the last person, if you notice what the last person said, Corinne looks at the last person and says, the expert says, and she says, well, just because they say so? Well, you're asking to get the doctors, the experts, to be on podium to tell you. And now that I tell you the experts say, you say, why should we take it? Because they say so. This is the most dysfunctional news media I have seen. I don't want to say in decades, but what has happened is that the Fox News methodology has infected the mainstream media. Because they are terrible, and they're not only terrible... But they are, they do not manifest any sort of critical thinking. Yesterday, we went through the simple thing about the virus. The virus has mutated. Things are going to change because it has mutated. And it has mutated because you folks won't listen to us, wear the damn mask, and get a vaccine. I love you, but do it, please. Because the next mutation may be the one that actually defeats the drug defeats the vaccine. This is not rocket science, people. My brothers and sisters, you know, with love, it's not rocket science at all. It's not rocket science. Well, folks, as you can see, I actually played 
the one with the reporters, but that's not the one I want to play, but I'll play the other one in a little bit. But anyhow, welcome, Nanette Bird-Smith, Eric Hayes. How long did, it, did the spike last in other parts of the world, and has it come down? And actually, in England, they're studying how comes the, the hospitalization has gone down or, or, or stayed steady, even with the increase with the, uh, with the, um, uh, with, with the coronavirus, uh, the Delta version. Uh, AVQ, let's see results. A lot of conservative viewers are going to die in ignorance. Well, you know, I hate to say this, right? Because it's a wrong thing to say. But anybody wants to um, dispute survival of the fittest and that kind of a stuff, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the results here. Now, society is supposed to mitigate survival of the fittest. We shouldn't have to say... Unless you grow certain parts of your body, we can't do X, Y, Z. We shouldn't have to do that. But anyhow. All right, let's see. Uh, Macaronin says, this remains counterintuitive to some people's idea of disease spread, asymptomatic spread. They don't get it. It just means you don't feel that anything is wrong with you. Definitely wrong with you. And what's wrong with you, you can actually spread. Something that we should all know. Okay, Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. Reporters seem to be purposefully purposeful in their representation of their ignorance of understanding about COVID and the Delta variant and how they continue to infect and kill Americans. I think, uh, Lopez, the, the biggest problem is they're trying to be Fox News because it's more entertainment than news. And what gets them a click or whatever is if they say something that's a gotcha. So I think they're looking for that gotcha moment, you know. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, symptomatic spread. The problem that let's see, let's go back here. All right, let duck that quacks. Welcome aboard, Maywood. Welcome aboard. I got you, Courtney, the SLP. Welcome aboard. Thank you for being here. All right, let's go ahead and continue that video that I really wanted to show you. And this is with uh, Susan Collins and how Susan Collins dealt or spoke about Donald Trump. Is President Trump starting to lose his clout? He lost a seat in Texas where he said, go ahead and vote for this woman. She lost. He told that he told the senators, wimps, if they try to pass that new infrastructure bill. Immediately after saying that, they said, we have an agreement. And now we have Susan Collins going on national TV. And even though she has already said that Donald Trump is kind of culpable for January 6th, she did not mince her words this time around as she made it really clear who is responsible for January 6th. Check this out. Normally, if you have a select committee... Uh, the minority leader and the speaker get to pick the members. Yeah, I mean, the, just a, the reason she did that is because at least two of the members McCarthy picked to be on the committee are election liars, one of whom, Jim Jordan, is possibly even a material witness. He spoke with Trump that day. Well, there were many communications with uh, President Trump that day. And and look, as you know, I believe that uh, he, that while the writers are primarily responsible for what happened, there's no doubt in my mind that President Trump uh, helped instigate to, uh, uh, and motivate the writers. And uh, that's one reason I voted to impeach him. The hallmark of our democracy is the peaceful transfer of power. And for anyone 
the writers, the president, anyone to try to interfere with the electoral college count is completely unacceptable. Now tell me, I don't think you can get much clearer than that. And uh, I think uh, if Trump still had the power that he has, and as much as Susan Collins still have, I think, five more years left on her uh, to be to be reelected if she so chooses, uh, Republicans have been very, very careful in going up against Donald Trump. But I think he may be losing his mustard. So and as much as he still have big support in the Republican Party, I think that's going to wane, and I think that's going to wane pretty fast. And I think what the DOJ also has in store for him is forthcoming. We'll see. Mark my word. Yeah, uh, Rose Williams, yeah, the reporters like to talk around in circles. And, I, and again, I don't think it's because they don't know. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's generally very much orchestrated. Anyhow, Eric Hayes, does that mean it will last... Come, it'll it will last and come down eventually. I don't know. As far as the virus is concerned, I don't know if the virus is gonna when it mutates, if it's gonna get better or worse. It can mutate and get more infective, more destructive, or it could mutate itself into something that just doesn't work anymore. That's the thing about mutation. You never know. Unfortunately, a lot of times the directionality of uh, mutation is to get around the things that caused it harm. And, you know, that, that, that's why AIDS and all of those kinds of things last so long. Because every time they, you find something to fight it, it finds a way to get around it. Uh, because it says, ah, you've been looking at, you've been trying to get my spike protein. I'll create a different sort of protein from, uh, from now on. I don't know what the mechanism is of life that allows the things to do that. But the thing about it is you cannot assume that because in Britain it went down... That it'll go down here because Britain has something that we don't have. One, they have universal health care, which means people can get caught and taken care of quickly. Numero dos, they are much, have a higher vaccination rate, which means they are pretty damn close to herd immunity. And th- that two combinations is huge in preventing fat- uh, fatal spread. Because somebody gets sick there, they don't have to worry about if I miss work, what happens? If I go to the hospital, I'll be broke. They don't answer questions like that. So when they're sick, they go to the doctor so that it can be mitigated quickly. Those are some of the benefits that a system that takes care of people, a humane system, has over one that we have. We ask people to work sick, work hard, work, do whatever you can. Because we've got to feed the beast, the shareholders, the executives. That's who we are. Remember, folks, that's who we are. Going to talk about that later on. John Hopkins data worldwide. Daily cases and debts are up again. Looks like the start of another wave. It is the start of another wave. If the infrastructure bill doesn't address global warming, Democratic progressives are going to torpedo the bill for that failing. It'll have some stuff in there to placate them. They're... Look, if they get $3.5 trillion, progressives are taking it because it's going to be a lot of money to do a lot that we want. And as we elect more progressives, we can do better. That's why I want to give a shout out to Nina Turner in Ohio. 
Nina Turner's uh, running tomorrow in Ohio. All my Ohio listeners, make sure go vote if you are in Nina Turner's district and go elect Nina Turner over the the person that the establishment wants to put in there. Nina Turner should be the progressive elected, in my humble opinion. Okay, uh, I hope you're not mocking the way uh, Susan Collins is speaking, Eric Hayes. I hope that's not what that question means. I think she has an interesting way of speaking, but, you know, everybody have their impediments, if you will. Uh, the duck that quack says it's in, uh, unacceptable, indictable. Nope. Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes says, are we saying that COVID will go away 100%? Probably not. How about we quit letting scientists play God? Okay. You sound like the reporters, Eric. Are you anti-science? It's not that scientists are playing God. It's scientists are telling us things we don't know. Uh, unlike a preacher who tells you things that in general he pulls out of you know where. And a lot of people believe that. Amazing, right? All right. Jessica Taylor says, this vaccinated or not, which is why masking is still needed. Exactly. The duck that quacks. Mutation is 99% bad. I've never heard of a positive leaning mutation, but if you say so, I'll accept it as remote possibility. Uh, it's, not a, it, it's not about positive or not, right? Let me give an example. Something could mutate to defeat a drug that it's fighting, and that mutation, while it defeats the drug, could also make it less fatal to the other uh, systems within your body. That's, that's how these things generally go. They defeat what is there to defeat them, but in doing that, they could become less lethal. Uh, Eric Hayes says, how can we listen to science saying that we are doomed via climate change, which is seen now, but we also listen to some of the same that play with viruses? Um, I don't get that. Jessica Taylor, welcome. let's see, says, I don't think it'll go away until ages from now, but I do believe vaccination and masking halts the spread. And you know what, uh, Jessica, it is, and this is where science comes in, right? It's not like we don't know this. We had eradicated, I think, uh, me, uh, yellow, actually smallpox. In fact, I don't think there's a, you have to take a smallpox vaccine anymore because it's been, as far as most are concerned, it's been eradicated. Same applies to uh, some measles, etc. until, you know, those non-vaxxers started. But that's how it goes. Actually, make viruses more potent is playing with fire. Who's making the viruses more potent? I don't know who's doing that. Uh, Eric Hayes, we got less than 10 years to properly address global warming with a World War II law effort. Or, yeah, we're doomed in 30 years. Conservatives don't seem to understand how to plan for the future and don't seem to understand what we need to conserve the environment for future generations. The truth about it is they don't care. It's just about today. Gain of function. That is, again, what did I tell you guys about continuously listening to right-wing media? Gain of function was a paper that was, or rather, was contained within a paper that was debunked according to what the lab in, in one, in a, you know, What's the name of the town where the virus originated? All right. Okay, let's go ahead and do my little... Uh, let's go ahead and play the last video, and then we'll go ahead and start talking about the capitalism piece. So let's go ahead and talk about Joe Manchin's threat to AOC and progressives. Check this out. <laughs> 
Did Joe Manchin just do what I think he did? I think he just threatened not only AOC, but the Progressive Caucus. In other words, he's saying, pass this bipartisan bill, irrespective of whether we decide to go with the $3.5 trillion uh, reconciliation bill, which, of course, there are things in it he says, I do want. I, th- I see the importance for all of those things, but we have to think about the deficit. We have to think about, uh, is it paid for? I mean, uh, we never talk about whether it's paid for for corporations. We never, if it's paid for for the rich, the wealthy, it's time for them to do their part. I want you to listen to this, and then let's take it on the other side. First test is whether Republicans and Democrats can work together. Sure. It seems like the second test of democracy is this three-legged race you're in with House liberals, which is, can Democrats agree that this other budget bill is not linked to, uh, in, to infrastructure, or can Joe Manchin sign on to a budget <laughs> reconciliation that Bernie Sanders also agrees with? Well, it's all about compromise. That's what we, this has been a compromise. We've been working on this for six weeks. And we finally come down to the last day or the last hour to get it finished. It takes compromise. You have to trust each other. You have to work. I respect my colleagues who believe something a lot different than I do. And I'm willing to listen and learn. And if we can find that compromise, we'll find it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader Mm -hmm. of the or one of the leaders of the progressive movement in the House, has said she's got 10 progressives who will block infrastructure unless you over in the Senate pass this budget bill. Well, you know, sometimes maybe you'll have 15 or 20 Republicans that will see a good bill. Maybe there might be 100 Republicans in the House that says, my God, I like this. Guess what? It takes care of my transportation. It's the greatest jobs bill we've ever had. It runs for five to 10 years. It gives you total growth each year to try to stimulate the economy. So you know what? Everybody had that. That, that, that was the Haster. Remember the Haster rule? Sure. You had Only to have, Republicans could that's, vote. That's crazy. I take a win whenever I can get it. Yeah. Well, now you're advising <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Now, unfortunately, Brother Manchin is right. I think that bipartisan bill had enough giveaways. We don't know exactly what's in there, but we know there are some privatization. We know there are some things like toll roads and all of that that gives business their input into infrastructure, something that should be done solely by the government, something that we should be doing so that we don't charge people a double taxation to use the roads, etc., etc., etc. So we know that those are probably nitpicks in there. And don't be surprised if, in fact, a lot of House Republicans cover any uh, particular progressive that doesn't, doesn't want this bill. So the reality is there is a possibility that having this bipartisan bill out there, that if Nancy Pelosi goes against her word that says no vote unless we have two bills, if she ever goes against her word and brings that up to the floor in the House, There's a good possibility it passes and it leaves progressives with a reconciliation bill that is nowhere where it's needed. I want to point out something that is important. Because every time progressives are asked, take one for the team. This is better than nothing. Better than nothing always mean the upper middle class, the upper classes are always taken care of and we take one so that... Uh, A few crumbs will fall. But ultimately, whoever takes one for the poor, whoever takes 
one for the real middle class. Whoever takes one for the working class. It is important for us to illustrate this to the working class in mass for them to understand that taking one, something that is better than nothing, something that ensures the enrichment of the upper class and the upper middle class, we have to take hold and get the messaging out to these folks and let them understand that at some point, you have to hold the line and in holding that line, ensure that once and for all, the poor and the middle class are taken care of. After all, this economy is an economy that they built. Okay, Jessica Taylor says, Pelosi went home too, not one fist, bump for the people. Elitist for sure. Michael Rudnan says, F better than nothing. When Democrats say it's better than nothing, it makes me want to destroy the Democratic Party. Uh, what the progressives are going to do is they're not going to talk. And again, the, the, the progressive, rather, the, the establishment knows that as well. Uh, because at this point, uh, $3.5 trillion, it better have the stuff in there that we're talking about. Uh, Eric Hayes, have, uh, have till 2022 to take one for the team. You know something, Eric, I'd like you to tell me, for those, I mean, I think you, you kind of lean to the, the politicians on the right. What have they done for you lately? What have they done to make your life better? Uh, the clown for sure. Okay, let me, let me tell you, Bruce, why they didn't pass the bill. They didn't pass the bill because there are Democrats in certain districts with, uh, who, with homeowners and renter or, or the, the owner of real estates that own them. Tell them, you know, you got to stop this moratorium. A lot of people that are not paying their rent can actually pay their rent. And by the way, let, let's be frank here. There are people who can afford to pay their rent that this moratorium came and they used as an excuse really for not paying their rent. All those things can be mitigated. But for that person who's going to be thrown out of their home, period, that cannot be mitigated. And there are a lot of those. And with mortgages, etc., there are a lot of those that need mitigation. Real quickly, real quickly, real quickly, my ask. Folks, if you are on YouTube, please click that join button. Please become a new member of our PDR Posse. We could use you right this minute to continue helping us do what we need to do to keep the message out. Uh, you can also get one of our cups. If you take a look at the cup designed by Bridge MCP, one of our leaders in the PDR Posse, you can get that cup at this link here that I'm putting in inside of the link. Get one of our cups and have it shipped out to you with that nice stuff drinking that says, yes, you believe in uniting the country. You believe in all that is right. All that is right. Okay, you can also support us by going to our support link politicsdoneright.com slash support. It gives you the option, it gives you many options that says, this is how I can support a streaming media that's doing its work to enlighten, mutually enlighten folks so that we can really start electing the people who do, do, who do us well, who go out there and pass the policies that we need, who go out there and do all the things that we have asked them to do so folks please go ahead and remember to support us at politicsandright.com 
slash support. Now, if you notice next to uh, my, my image, I always have the books that, I, that I've written. Uh, you can go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. And I tell you, we, we, we finally put it as a series. I don't have it linked up in here yet, but you can also get the book as a series. All right, let's continue with the topic at hand. And remember what I, what, what, what I called the show today. Today I called the show um, Capitalism or Capitalism, Not Just COVID Killing the World. And that sounds harsh, especially for those um, of you who think, oh, we're a capitalist country. We are the best in the world. Capitalism, democracy. There is nothing about democracy and capitalism having anything in common. They are mutually exclusive. America is a capitalist country. So is China. All a capitalist country says is you can capitalize services and the production of products. Right? That, that's it. They define it as the most efficient use of resources. In fact, they call it, they say capitalism is the most efficient distributor and use. Uh, there, there's a particular definition for capitalism, but in effect, that's what they're saying. It's the most efficient use and di distribution of food. Uh, in fact, let me go ahead and uh, look, uh, look up define capitalism because that is one of the, that is one of the tenets they like to use. And I'm going to prove that is completely wrong. An economic and political system in which the trade industry are controlled by private owner for profit rather than by the state. And that's a lie. Because China is a capitalist country and a lot of the state own the stocks. The major part of capitalism, uh, capitalizing corporations, capitalizing services, and they own it. But uh, I used to have that definition at the tip of my tongue. The, 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 the capitalism is efficient use of... Uh, I, I, want, I want to get it right. Uh, because if I don't get it right, it's going to mess with my narrative. Let's see. Efficient distribution. Allocate, allocate. That's what I wanted to get. Allocation. 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 All right. Uh, capitalism, the eff efficient allocation of resources. Now... How can we prove that false right away? Let's look at the pandemic. The efficient allocation of resources would have said the following. We have a pandemic. It's created by a virus that is easily spread throughout the world. And given that in our capitalist system, we manufacture throughout the world we ship from throughout the world that if we create a vaccine or a way to cure that problem throughout the world, we would efficiently make sure that vaccine could get to every corner of the world to mitigate that virus so that production throughout the world can continue efficiently. Market-driven capitalism is what they call it. Efficient allocation and distribution of resources. But here is the title of this thing here, all right? 
Big pharma monopolists make cost of global vaccination against COVID-19 five times costlier than needed. And I want to get down to a part of, the, of this stuff to show you how we are all ripped off. You know, we all say, hey, go get, your vi- go get your vaccine. Go get your COVID vaccine. It's free. The darn COVID vaccine is not free. It means taxpayers are paying for the COVID vaccine. And who are the taxpayers? We are. In effect, we want... Medicare for all like that as well. Taxpayers put all their money into one pot. And those who get sick, we go ahead and we put a... Let me see if I can put that on the screen, Red, and see what it's all about first. All right, so, 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 so that's the deal. I can't read that, but I'll check it out in a minute. But, but here's the thing, folks. So I'm going to read at the top of the article. Pharmaceutical corporations, vaccine uh, monopolists, are increasing the cost of inoculating the world's population against COVID-19 by as much as 500%. A briefing paper published Thursday revealed underscoring what public health advocates say is needed uh, for people's vaccine. The paper authored by the People's Vaccine Alliance and, and entitled The Great Vaccine Robbery shows that Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna are charging Governments as much as $41 billion more for their vaccines than the cost of production. Colombia, for example, has been paying twice as much as the United States for Moderna vaccines, and the country has potentially been overcharged by as much as $375 million for Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech doses combined. The report's authors analyze how mRNA-type vaccines like those sold by Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech are made. The vaccines, which were created with the help of billions of dollars in public funding, could be produced as cheaply as, guess what, people? A dollar twenty per dose. A dollar twenty per dose for the vaccine. And we are charged billions. And we are not... And the billions that we are charged is such an overcharge... They could afford to vaccinate the rest of the world. Look, let's look at the population of the world. Let's call the population of the world $8 billion for argument's sake. 8 billion people for argument's sake. Just for argument's sake, I think it's 7 point something billion dollars. Uh, 7 point something billion people in the world. Let's call it 8 billion people. And let's say the vaccine, when you include shipping and all of that, instead of $1.20, costs $2 a dosage. Let's just say that. And let's just say that though that didn't include syringe and everything, even though I think it does include it. But let's just say it didn't include syringes and all of that. Let's add another $2 for syringes. So that's $4 per dosage, right? And there are 8 billion people on this planet, let's say. We could vaccinate every single person with, a one, with one vaccine for $32 billion for two vaccines, $64 billion for the United States budget. In other words, chump change. Chump change. What is stopping us from doing that? What is it that is stopping us from doing that? $64 billion max. What is stopping us from doing that? The economic system says... We can't just go ahead and tell these companies that are manufacturing these products to give them away at at cost plus. We can't do that. 
It's whatever the market will bear. Whatever the rich countries are willing to spend to stay alive. And if they don't spend it, they'll die. Understand the concept. Understand the evil. Remember, we have the technology. We have the capacity. We have everything to make all the vaccine necessary for the entire world now. Everything. But our economic system, which depends on private manufacturers making a profit at all costs and charging whatever the market will bear, because they can do that, our economic system says that, we will have a pandemic that will last indefinitely. We could go around the world and vaccine everybody who wants a vaccine and then put those who don't want the vaccine, quarantine them and say, if you want to be in society, you have to ensure you can't infect the rest of us in society. We would eliminate this thing. But our greed, our economic system, our dishonesty and, uh, and the inherent evil of a few on the top are responsible for this pandemic. You all have to realize it. The capitalist argument at best might be the wealthy countries can get the vaccine first because they paid for the R&D, but we have a surplus now, yet poor countries aren't getting that excess supply because somebody is waiting to see how best can we maximize uh, inoculating the rest of the world for a profit? People, understand what is happening here. Everything that you see on TV is a farce when it comes to we can't afford this or we can't afford that. That's the farce. The reality is we have an economic system unable to handle the ills of today. We have an economic system unable to handle the needs of most today. And for us to just throw our hands up and say, we have the best system in the world. There's nothing better than capitalism. It is so great. So we've created so many, so much riches. How much have been done under the name of this economic system? How dare you try to modify it in such a manner that it is more humane when it has created so much riches? For a few, so much riches. And you know, you talk against it, they want to call you a communist. No. We want an economic system that works for everybody. We want an economic system that says you are human and you matter. And this isn't a you matter for the sake of you mattering. You know, when we talk about third world countries, we talk about third world countries as if they are less than. We forget that the bananas we eat comes from a lot of these Central American countries with people who are picking them and doing good things with them. We forget that the diamonds we have come from slave labor in South Africa or, or, or Biaun or one of these countries in Africa. 
We forget that the bauxite we use for aluminum comes from places like Jamaica and other places where people work for little labor and we get the spoils. Our economic system, mostly the people at the top, get the spoils. But it's the most efficient system. The question is, efficient system for whom? Hey, Jill Gilcast, thank you so kindly. We just got a new uh, a new PDR Posse member in Gil Cast. Thank you so kindly, Gil. I'm going to try to get you up on the screen right now because you know I cannot I cannot live myself if live with myself if I don't credit you wonderful people who continue to make us a reality, who continue to make sure that we can survive as an entity. Love you. Appreciate you for what you're doing to make sure we can continue doing what we're doing to inform Americans. See, because the truth is most Americans don't see it that way, right? They, they tell you the glory, glory, hallelujah story. Oh, everything is good. You know, I, 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 I'm a fanatic now of this program called um, Air, Aerial America. And the one thing that I find so astounding about Aerial America, that one thing, here you go, Gil Cass. There you are, my friend, on the screen. Here's what I, lo- what, what I find interesting about Air America, and then I'm going to get back on subject, but this is very important. On Air America, they constantly, they're, they're doing one state at a time. So they talk about Florida, they talk about the Dakotas, they talk about Oklahoma, they talk about... And it was amazing that our westward move from, from colonizing the East Coast and dumping all the, the, the natives there, they constantly talk about Oh, they took the land. And it, it's just so matter-of-fact, right? Uh, it was the natives' land, and they, they, they fought, and they took it away. And then it, it, we got a big town out of it, and they talk about a great leader that came into a town that was taken away by force from somebody. Okay, fine. Conquer, conquer happens in every, in every culture, right? But when we look across the world, other countries doing that, you know, Russia went into Ukraine and said, hey, this is ours, man. This is ours. For and they give historical reasons, whatever. And we go berserk. How could you possibly, how could you possibly invade the Ukraine? How could you possibly invade Georgia? In, in, in the, how could you do that? You know, our hands are not clean. We can't go out there and tell people, oh, you can't do that. When our constancy is to take, take, and take. And the thing about it is, it's not only taken from foreigners, right? It's taken from us all. Every person that is listening to me right now, every human being, every Republican listening to me right now, every Democrat listening to me right now, every Independent listening to me right now, every American listening to me right now, here's the truth. Our economic system screws most of you. Period. And it's not that these people are bad. It's not that the people that are on top are bad. It is just what we've learned. I heard, I heard something from, uh, from a reverend yesterday. Um, this, this church here uh, in, in Houston. Um, what is his name? Pastor Olson. Olson. You know, I like Olson. I mean, he, he's not a real pastor, I don't think. I think he's mostly like a motivational speaker. I love the guy because he gives some good motivational speech. And yesterday, 
I watch him after my after I do all the morning shows. Then I document the morning shows. I blog the morning shows. And then he comes on. And while I'm blogging the last show, which is this week, uh, he's on. And I'm listening to him. And he usually has some great stories, right? And he gave the story of the five monkeys that I hadn't heard before. Evidently, people have heard about it before. I hadn't heard of it before. And it goes like this. It's not, first of all, let me qualify this. It's, it's based off of an experiment, but... It takes liberties with the experiment. But I'm going to take the one that takes liberties with the experiment. There are five monkeys in a, in a, in a cage, right? Five, one monkey, uh, there's, a, there's a banana hanging at a string. Bananas hanging in strings and, it's, and, a, and a ladder to get the bananas. The monkeys climb up the uh, ladder to get the banana and then they are doused with cold water. So they run and they hide. Another one of the five monkeys go up to get the banana, doused with water. But every, every time one monkey goes up to get a banana, all five monkeys get doused with cold water. So when that fifth monkey tried to get up and go and get the banana, the other four monkeys went and grabbed him. They went and grabbed him. They don't want him to uh, get the banana because all of them are going to get those doused with water. So the, the experimenter keeps taking out one of the originals and putting a new monkey in there. And every time that new monkey goes up to get a banana, the others pull them down. By the time they start rotating monkeys, all the original monkeys are gone. All the original monkeys are gone. What is left is the action of what they did. In other words, that, new monkey, that last new monkey that came in jumped up on that ladder uh, and, and as soon as he tries to jump up on the ladder, the other monkeys pulled him down. None of those four monkeys were ever wet. They never got wet. Okay? None of They just knew the action that you don't go and mess with that ladder because something happens. That is how we are with our economic system. The guys who created this economic system created it for them and we lived through it. And we continue to live through these things as if it's the only way. And it is the only way because it has always been like that. And until we learn in our minds, until we tell ourselves, things don't have to, if things are not, if you're looking at things right now and people are hurting and others are struggling, if you are looking at that and saying, well, that's just how things are, then we are more like those monkeys who don't know exactly why they're pulling that guy down from the pulling that guy down from the ladder who's trying to get fed from the bananas. We're just like those monkeys. We are not critically thinking. One of the important things about think teaching critical race theory, critical every kind of theory is it doesn't allow you to buy the fallacies. It allows you to look at how things are. It allows you to start thinking things through. It prevents us from stagnating. And one of the things that I hope, that I implore on all of us, that I want to do with this program, is ask all of us not to take anything anybody says at face value, not even me, Critically think things through. I've done pieces on what the market can bear, how our system works, how it hurts people, 
and how we can mitigate it. And by the way, I talk about mitigation of that in my book, How to Make America Utopia. Get, get the trio. The trio is all, all, we can get the entire trio now. Folks, uh, please join us. Please join Gil, uh, Gil Cass and hit that join button. Become a new PDR Posse member. We need you. We need, we need a thousand of you. Please go ahead and click that. Become a Posse member. And remember, most of all, let's critical think. I can't get all these things onto the screen. I want to get Rudnan stuff onto the screen real quick before I go. I know it's about beyond time, but I'm going to put what he wants on the screen real quickly. Uh, because I always promise that this is y'all's show. There we go. Uh, where is it at? Come on, show. Come on. Put that on there before I leave. Uh, there we go. There you go for Rudden, what Rudden and sits off the charts. So, folks, what I'd like you to do before we end the show today is ask yourself the question, why do we always think we must conform? Why must we conform? We don't have to. And the way we don't is we build communities. This is a community right here. All of you that are listening to me today, this is a community. Let's see if I can get it bigger for you. Uh, that, it, it, it just happens to be what you gave me, sir. That's as big as I can get it right now. So, folks, it is... A community. Let's build our community here. And each of you, we let's build intersecting communities. Let's build intersecting geometric communities, meaning it expands geometrically. And that is how we win the battle. My name is Egberto Willis. Please remember to support us at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Get our books, please, and get our books at, uh, oh, I lost my books here. Where, is, where are my, oh, uh, get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books, politicsdoneright.com slash books. Get our support at politicsdoneright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.